Welcome back to Altruism Theory Episode 3 And my name is Elson If you are new here, welcome And many of you must be wondering That um, what is this podcast today all about So today we are going to talk about A very, very common topic That has been around for the people That are adulting Especially the 20 years in Singapore And recently I've come about this question Because of a friend Nigel that has approached me to ask me this famous question is how do I start investing? So many of you I'm sure would have this question in your mind is how do you actually start investing? And as a millennial just starting out, I'm trying to bring things to the macro from the you know from all the you know big amounts that we have read and you know success stories where they talk about millions and millions of dollars. But today we are going to break it down all the way for us to actually put it into actionable steps, you know, actionables. Because I want to really bring value to you guys so they can execute, you know, and to realize your dream. And that is why I am here to help you guys to put it into that action plan and then we can all achieve success together. So without further ado, I'll be answering these questions that Nigel has posed to me recently. Um, about investing and I'm going to clear your doubts today. So Nigel has the first question that has come to me is how do I start investing? So when you talk about investing, I have to ask the first question is what kind of investment are you looking at? Because many people have very, very different definitions of investing. Because recently I came about um, my girlfriend's friend that actually asked me that, oh, I want to invest. Then I I actually told her that the best thing you can invest right now is yourself, right? So when we talk about investing in yourself, the first thing that every the first mistake that everybody make is they started to buy themselves things. So <laughs> this is a very very common mistake. What people do is that they started to buy, um, they started to buy, let's say a bag, a new bag for them themselves, or they buy a new bag for you know, their girlfriends and they have all forgotten the idea of investing because when I say that the best investment you can make is yourself, they actually disregarded that yourself, I mean you. So they bought things for themselves, which is kind of a misconception that many people have. So today I'm going to tell you the actual meaning of investing in yourself is the knowledge. So when we're talking about investing in yourself, talking about knowledge, you read um, you buy books, you know, you go for causes. And that's just, you know, a very good investment that you have 100% ROI positive, you know, a positive 100% ROI that will never go to negative. And this is the guaranteed ROI for investing in yourself. And personally, I'm a very great believer of investing in myself as well. That's why I read a lot. And I go to causes and seminars to hear how people speak, uh, have gone through those experiences and you know the mistakes that they made. So I don't have to go through the same mistakes as them because with their lessons and I paid for their experiences to shortcut my learning. And that is why you are here today because um, I'm here to help you shortcut your learning towards um, adulting, towards you know going into this um, career path where you started to work and you are becoming independent 
and you have to start serving your parents, especially in an Asian country like Singapore. So, yeah, invest in yourself and that's the best thing that you could do and you will thank me for that, for telling you that investing in yourself is the way to go because you will never lose. You will never go to a negative ROI when you invest in yourself, which is, you know, the best thing that could happen. And when talking about investing in yourself, um, people are going to start talking about, so how do I get started? How can I make real money? The thing is, uh, by Robert Kiyosaki, is that money is knowledge today. Because um, with money and without knowledge, you can't make more money. And if you don't have the knowledge uh, to manage your money, uh, we call it a mismanagement. We don't call that you don't know how because you know how, but you're managing the wrong way. Because um, you have to know this one sentence that I'm going to share with you is that it's not what you know that kills you. It's what you know that is wrong and you keep doing it that kills you. So this is a very powerful sentence that was um, actually told by my friend. You know, he actually told me uh, this. And I realized, wow, this is a very powerful sentence. Is that actually that's true because what we know is not necessarily right. And we can be doing the wrong things all the time. And even if, we do, even if we do the wrong things right, it doesn't make the thing right. So that's one thing that I've learned and then I agree. And that is why we always seek uh, perspective from others, you know, so that we can give ourselves a better perspective on the things that how other people look at it. So Nigel, you have been asking me that when it comes to investing, you know, um, what are things that I should look out for? You know, how can I start? So the way to start is to understand the difference of um, the different types of investments such as uh, cash flow or capital gain because uh, these are the main two returns that uh, occurs in every investment that you make. So put into perspective is that if you're talking about a cash flow investment, you're talking about buying a dividend stocks, you're buying properties, you're buying, um, let's say you're buying... Uh, properties from you know commercial or resi you know it doesn't matter because when you buy a property and you rent it out you collect a residual income which is calling a, a reoccurring where you where you constantly have income of money you know every single month comes to your pocket so that's what we are calling a cash flow so if you are looking to generate an income where you can consistently get money every single month or every single year cash flow is the way to go and you have to build up your cash flow investments so that you can, you know, potentially have a passive income. And I would say that the passive income is true to a certain degree because a passive income is never 100% passive because you have to do in the research, you have to put in the effort, you know, to find the opportunities and all, you know, to generate that income for you. So it's maybe about 80% passive I would say it's not 100% passive but it's 80% because you still have to do 20% of the work and then the difference between the thing that we're going to talk about next is capital gain because many people have been uh, talking about this uh, very interesting thing about hey bro I want to make quick money right I want to, I want it fast I have friends that are talking to me about bitcoin talking about forex they have been making a lot of money right and I would say that this is not a bad thing Okay, because the thing is that when you go into capital gain investments, it's very capital intensive because you have to have a good sum of money, you know, for you to roll. You have to have a good sum of money to protect you from, you know, 
burning your fingers. You know, some people they talk about burning fingers. So that's one of the things that um, we are worried about. So one advice that I could give between uh, before you start investing is that you have to protect your downside. So what do I mean by your downside is that um, your current expenses. Because let's face the fact, if today you have $1,000, Nigel, you invest $1,000 into, let's say, capital gain investing, right? Or you invest $1,000 into ETFs right now, okay? When you invest in this kind of, uh, when you put, you put your money away, it doesn't appear in your bank. So now you have bought assets, right? You have bought uh, stocks. So if you don't have money to even sustain your current lifestyle, for example, the expenses that you're currently having, it becomes a problem. So what problem it creates is that, for example, right now, uh, you're out of job, right? Because of the COVID situation, you, have, uh, you, know, you became out of job. But without having income, but you still have expenses to pay off. For example, phone bills, you know, uh, Netflix account, Spotify account, all these are reoccurring um, expenses that you have to pay off. And what's worse is contract-based, right? For example, your phone is contract-based. You have no choice but to continue paying, right? And I'm glad you're in NS because when you're in NS, uh, you are still paid the allowance. But if you're not, you're doing a work, you're having a job outside now, let's say they give you a no-pay leave and then that's it, right? Because you do have um, a set of money aside, which is called a rainy day fund to protect your downside, it creates a problem for you. Let's put into perspective that you need the money now, but you don't have cash. So what happens? The next thing that's going to happen is that you're going to sell your stocks. Because when you sell your stocks, right, if you bought it at, let's say, in, uh, let's say any stocks, uh, example, uh, you bought it at $5. But because of the COVID situation now, it became $3, right? For me, because I am ready I am, and I am prepared for the crash, I'm willing to buy $3, right? But because you yourself didn't protect your downside, you yourself didn't prepare yourself for the expenses for over the next six to one, six months to a year, it creates a problem for you now that you have to sell it. So you are forced to sell your assets because you have to pay for your bills. And then because of this situation, it puts you in a very, very bad position um, for success because you have landed yourself in a trap. So we are talking about protecting your downside. All right. So it's not what you know that kills you, but it's what you know that is wrong and you keep doing it that kills you because of this misconception that we have that our, our parents always talk about. So uh, investing is dangerous, but investing is not when you're prepared, right? Because they say you'll burn your fingers and all those things. Because uh, I'll give you a very good example of why people say um, they burn their fingers. So I think this phrase is very common uh, in Singapore. It's called sao tao so. So uh, in English, it means uh, you burn your fingers or you burn your pockets because you um, did this thing called a margin. So many people that invest, for example, now the COVID, COVID situation, right? Is that they have this um, perspective that uh, things are at the lowest point now. So they speculate that, oh, this is the lowest point. So they actually borrow money from the bank or they actually use assets means more than what they have to buy the stocks or whatever properties or assets they have. But instead, when they borrow the cash to purchase the assets, right? And then the markets drop further. So when the markets drop further, what happens? Um, if you don't know what is this thing called, it's called the margin call. So when margin call happens, uh, basically what it means is that um, 
now the bank requests money to go back because of the margin call you are forced to sell so for example you borrow $100 and stocks go to $70 so you have to sell $70 and you lost $30 let's assume that you don't have money to pay for $30 now you are in a debt so when you land yourself in debt and you are unable to pay what happens you go bankrupt so this is the trap that many people land themselves in and which is why when we talk about market, recess, market recession there's two things that will happen there are people that are going to go rich richer or there are people that are going to go bankrupt and this is the fact this is how two things will go um, after the recession you know that's the result there's two results either you, you come out stronger or you lost the fight in the market recession so uh, what I'm t- trying to tell you guys is that you have to prepare yourself right for the recession because you know that the recession is going to happen again so that's the best advice I can give is that we know that the recession is going to happen again and we have to prepare ourselves for it. So we have to protect our downside because when we protect our downside, our investments will only go up. It will never go down because when we protect our downside, we are enabling ourselves to hold because um, if you are in the industry or investing for quite a while in the scene, right? You have heard this uh, sentence that's very famous from Tony Robbins and Warren Buffett is that it's not timing the market that matters, but it's the time in the market that matters to you. Because the longer you are in the market, the longer you, you are in the game, it gives you the advantage. Yes, it gives you the advantage of not, you know, being forced to make decisions and, you know, gives you the power to make money whenever you want. And that is why if you're telling me that you want to go into a capital intensive um, investment, you want to do a capital gain investment, not that it's not good. Yes, you can do a partial of your money in a capital gain investments. Like for example, if you don't know, so we're going to talk about this next. It's um, this theory that I learned from Marshall Turber. So he's talking about the dumbbell theory. The dumbbell theory basically means right that when you are putting money uh, into investing, you have to set aside a certain amount for high risk activities and medium risk and low risk. So for example, for me, I would put about 80% of my cash into cash flow investing and I'll put 20% into capital gain investing. So I put aside certain money for Bitcoin, you know, just buy some Bitcoins, right? And then you buy some Forex, etc., options, etc. But then when it comes to your main bulk of your investing, it comes to a cash flow assets. So you basically buy dividends, you know, uh, REITs, uh, index funds that generates a annual dividend cash flow to you. So that is the dumbbell theory that we actually execute on. <clears throat> After talking about the cash flow and the capital gain differences, um, I believe that now you guys know that uh, how you should go about doing it. But then now I'm going to actually talk about how can we you know, manage our downside. So many of you must be talking about budgeting and all this kind of thing. So it's somewhere there, but then I want to be more specific and I'm going to give you the exact step that I do to put myself in a position to win today. So if you are listening or you're watching me right now, uh, it'll be great if you take a notebook and a pen right now. I'll give you time to take your pen right now and so, so they can write this down, okay? Have you taken your pen? All right. So what I'm going to share with you guys is the exact strategy that I used um, to actually budget myself and to put myself in a position to win in this recession is that I have been using this uh, method of saving that 
uh, enables me to segregate my cash and also let, allows me to understand my finances better. So this method is called the TF Acre Six Jar Method. Okay, so if you don't know who this guy is, this guy is T Half Acre. So he is the writer and the publisher of um, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And this is one of the things that they have taught in the book. It's the Six Jar Methods. So I'm going to explain briefly what this Six Jar Method is. Is that um, there's basically six jars. And then the first jar is called the Necessity Jar, where you put aside 50%, 55% of your income into the Necessity Jar. So... Why do you want to set aside 55% is that uh, it allows you to understand whether or not you can afford your expenses. So for example, let's put into the micro where Nigel, you are NSF, right? Third sergeant, you're making $1,010 today. So per month, you're getting $1,010. But um, you can only spend 55%. So that comes down to about $600 per month. So your maximum expenses that can go is 600. So for example, if you go clubbing and one night costs $100, um, I don't think you can go for more than six times. So that's what we are talking about. And then you still have your phone bills to pay. You still have your whatever subscriptions you have and your food, your transports. Um, so that accounts under the necessity job. And then next we're talking about the, um, we're talking about the, FFA. So what does FFA jar means is uh, the financial freedom account. So this financial freedom account jar basically is your investing funds. So we are going to set aside 10% for investing. Okay. So why do we set aside 10% for investing is because in our whole income, we have to set aside money to produce um, a side passive income to replace our current um, active income. That's why we have to always set aside money to go into investing so that we allow ourselves, um, you know, to make our money work for us instead of us always working and, you know, exchanging our time for money. And then the next jar is called the education jar. And because we are big, uh, great believers, you know, big believers about self-investing, right? There's also another investing is that you constantly invest in yourself to improve, to, you know, to learn more new stuff so you can put your yourself in a better position, right? Um, to succeed, yeah. So the education jar basically also sets aside 10% where you um, can buy books, you know, go for causes, you know, pay for coaches in any regards of your life. For example, some people, they have more emotional needs, you know, they pay for a relationship coach, they pay for a lifestyle coach, or they, you know, have a business coach and all this kind of thing. So, that's part of education because in a business, if you're talking about business context, if you pay for a coach, right? And then it allows you to gain more value. So when you have more value, you can give more value to your clients and to your people around you. And so that's exactly what I'm doing because I believe that I have always been wanting to share. So this is a good platform to start. And uh, which did I um, So we have the necessity jar. We have the investing jar. We have the education jar. So the next jar we're talking about is called the play jar. So the play jar is also 10% of your um, account of your income, but this 10% is called a play jar. So this play jar can be leisure activities that you um, usually do, you know, you usually enjoy such as, uh, you know, 
going out with your friends, going for a movie, catching, you know, shows, you know, going for excursions, doing activities together. I mean, this is the area or the part of money where you can spend on uh, doing these activities that you like. You know, it's very clear cut for play jar. And then, so the last jar, is it your last jar? No. So the next jar that we're talking about after play, so we have the necessity, we have the education, investing, play. We're going to talk about this jar, which is the most important jar that I feel, which is calling protecting on downside, right? It's called a long-term savings jar. So this long-term savings jar, it sets aside another 10% of your um, of your income. And this jar is the most important because it sets the tone for everything you do regarding your investments, your spendings, and etc. Because this uh, long-term savings jar determines your readiness to invest your um, security in terms of your job and your income to afford your expenses so it's called a rainy day fund that is supposed to be in your long-term saving or big purchases that you use for example down payment of your house your car whatever right it goes to long-term savings jar so you're talking about investing when we are talking about investing nigel is that uh, we have to protect our downside right previously we mentioned is that you have to make sure that you have at least six months to a year of cash that can supplement your expenses for six months to a year. So for example, your expenses is about $6,000. You need to have at least um, 40, about 4000 sorry, not $40,000. You need at least a minimum of $4,000 in your long-term savings account to protect your six months of expenses. And anything above that or more than that, you can put into investing. Okay? So for example, you haven't started to segregate your money. It's best to put more money into the long-term savings account now to protect your downside first. Then you start investing. I feel that that is a more... um, there's a better solution and a better way to start your investing journey because once you start protecting your downside, every investment you make is profit. Every investment you make is up, it's never a down. All right? So this is the one of the most important jars that I emphasize a lot and I feel that many people should, you know, put more emphasis into putting money into the long-term savings account, right? And then the last jar is called a gift account, right? The gift jar is that you put aside 5% of your income to give away. And why do we have to give away? Because we believe as uh, believers of um, abundance is that when we give away money, right, we supplement the economy, we provide help to people, and then it put us in a better state of mind. Why? When we give, we have more than enough and it gives us um, a very good spot and a position, you know, emotionally um, to provide value to others and also to you know, just have more positivity in your life. When you start to give, you feel that you have more than enough, which I feel is one of the most uh, understatement uh, action that we can take. So, you know, just to give a 5%, a very small amount, right? For, let's say, thousand and, let's say a thousand dollars, right? For NSF, um, you set aside 5%, it's like what? It's like $50. So every month, it's just $50 to buy happiness, to buy positivity. I feel that it's very worth it. And also, it helps people, it helps yourself. So this is basically the six jar methods that um, I actually use for uh, personally for my finance. And I feel that it helps me a lot to manage my finances and let me have the clarity 
of what should I do with my money. So I know exactly how much I have to spend, how much I have to enjoy, how much I have to protect myself and how much I need to invest. So everything is very clear cut. It's very, um, uh, very nicely segregated so that I wouldn't get confused. And with protecting our downside again, to emphasize is that when we have money in the long-term savings jar, we are not afraid to make moves in the investing account because we know that even if we lose the money today, we don't need, we can choose not to sell. We can wait for the market to recover and then we will always know that we will always win because we are not urgent to sell away our, our stocks, our assets, right? And then, so I feel that this is a episode where I feel that I have answered most of the questions about investing and how to actually start. So if you are a professional investor that have started investing for a long time, you know, this video might not be relevant to you or this podcast is not relevant to you. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. You know, for those that have benefited from this uh, podcast, thank you so much for being here. You know, this is my third episode and I'm glad that I'm actually um, providing good value to you guys and hopefully you guys learn something, you know, and have a few takeaways. And I'm glad that I'm here to serve you guys, you know, to become successful, to move forward, you know, to grow from your current state. So thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.